Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Ar-Rahif al-Maktoum, The Sealed Nectar, Memoirs of the Noble Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by Saifur Rahman al-Mubarak Puri. This is translated by Isam Diab Maktaba, the Dar al-Salam Publishers and Distributors, Saudi Arabia, UK, USA, Pakistan. This section will deal with the location and nature of Arab tribes up to the birth of the Prophet Muhammad Location and Nature of Arab Tribes Beyond a shadow of a doubt, the biography of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, manifestly represents an exhaustive embodiment of the sublime divine message that he communicated in order to deliver the human race from the swamp of darkness and polytheism to the paradise of light and monotheism. An image, authentic as well as comprehensive, of this message is therefore only attainable through careful study and profound analysis of both backgrounds and issues of such a biography. In view of this, a whole chapter is here introduced about the nature and development of Arab tribes prior to Islam, as well as the circumstantial environment that enwrapped the Prophet's mission. Location of the Arabs Linguistically, the word Arab means deserts and waste, barren land well-nigh waterless and treeless. Ever since the dawn of history, the Arabian Peninsula and its people have been called as such. The Arabian Peninsula is enclosed in the west by the Red Sea and Sinai, in the east by the Arabian Gulf, in the south by the Arabian Sea, which is an extension of the Indian Ocean, and in the north by old Syria and part of Iraq. The area is estimated between a million and a million and a quarter square miles. Thanks to its geographical position, the peninsula has always maintained great importance. Considering its internal setting, it is mostly deserts and sandy places, which has rendered it inaccessible to foreigners and invaders, and allowed its people complete liberty and independence through the ages, despite the presence of two neighboring great empires. Its external setting, on the other hand, caused it to be the center of the Old World and provided it with sea and land links with most nations at the time. Thanks to this strategic position, the Arabian Peninsula has become the center for trade, culture, religion, and art. Arab Tribes Arab kinfolks have been divided according to lineage into three groups. One, perishing Arabs, the ancient Arabs, of whose history little is known, and of whom were Ad, Thamud, Tassim, Jadis, Amlaq, and others. Two, pure Arabs, who originated from the progeny of Ya'arub bin Yashjub bin Qatan. They were also called Qatanian Arabs. Arabized Arabs, who originated from the progeny of Ishmael. They were also called Adnanian Arabs. The pure Arabs, the people of Qatan, originally lived in Yemen and comprised many tribes, two of which were very famous. A. Himyar, the most famous of whose septs were Zayd al-Jamhur, Kuba'a, and Sekasik. B. Kahnan, the most famous of whose septs were Hamdan, Anmar, Kay, Mujdij, Hinda, Lachm, Judham, Azd, Auz, Khajraj, and the descendants of Jephna, the kings of old Syria. Kahnan Seps emigrated from Yemen to dwell in the different parts of the Arabian Peninsula prior to the Great Flood. Due to the failure of trade under the Roman pressure and domain on both sea and trade land routes, 
following the Roman occupation of Egypt and Syria. Naturally enough, the competition between Kahnan and Himyar led to the evacuation of the first and the settlement of the second in Yemen. The emigrating sects of Kahnan can be divided into four groups. Number one, Azd, who, under the leadership of Imran bin Amr Muzahid, wandered in Yemen, sent pioneers, and finally headed north. The details of their emigration can be summed up as follows. Tha'alaba bin Amr left his tribe Al-Azd for Hijaz and dwelt between Tha'alabiya and Dhiqar. When he gained strength, he headed for Medina where he stayed. Of his seed are Awz and Khazraj, sons of Haritha bin Tha'alaba. Haritha bin Amr, known as Khuza'a, wandered with his folk in Hijaz until he came to Mar al-Zahran. Later they conquered the Haram and settled in Mecca after having driven away its people, the tribe of Juhum. Imran bin Amr and his folks went to Oman, where they established the tribe of Azd, whose children inhabit Tihana and were known as Azd of Shanuah. Jaffna bin Amr and his family headed for Syria, where he settled and initiated the kingdom of Ghassan, who was so named after a spring of water in Hijaz, where they stopped on their way to Syria. Number two, Lachem and Judham, of whom was Nasr bin Rabia, father of Manadira, kings of Kira. Number three, Banu Tay, who also emigrated northwards to settle by the so-called Aja and Salma mountains, which were consequently named as Tay mountains. Number four, Hinda, who dwelt in Bahrain, but were expelled to Hadramut and Nejd, where they instituted a powerful government, but not for long, for the whole tribe soon faded away. Another tribe of Himyar, known as Qada'a, also left Yemen and dwelt in Samawa, semi-desert on the borders of Iraq. The Arabized Arabs go back in ancestry to their great-grandfather Abraham, upon whom be peace, from a town called Ur, near Kufa, in the west bank of the Euphrates, in Iraq. Excavations brought to light great details of the town, Abraham's family, and the prevalent religions and social circumstances. It is known that Abraham, peace be upon him, left Ur for Haran, and then for Palestine, which he made headquarters for his message. He wandered all over the area. When he went to Egypt, the pharaoh tried to do evil to his wife Sarah, but Allah saved her, and the pharaoh's wicked scheme recoiled on him. He thus came to realize her strong attachment to Allah, and, in acknowledgment of her grace, the pharaoh rendered his daughter Hagar at Sarah's services, but Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham as a wife. Abraham returned to Palestine, where Hagar gave back birth to Ishmael. Sarah became so jealous of Hagar that she forced Abraham to send Hagar and her baby away to a plantless valley on a small hill in Hijaz by the sacred house, exposed to the wearing of floods coming right and left. He chose for them a place under a lofty tree above Zamzam, near the upper side of the mosque in Mecca, where neither people nor water was available, and went back to Palestine, leaving with his wife and baby a leather case with some dates and a pot of water. Not before long they ran out of both food and water, but thanks to Allah's favor, Water gushed forth to sustain them for some time. The whole story of Zamzam Spring is already known to everybody. Another Yemeni tribe, Jerhum II, came and lived in Mecca upon Hagar's permission, after being said to have lived in the valleys around Mecca. It is mentioned in the Sahih al-Bukhari that this tribe came to Mecca before Ishmael was a young man, while they had passed through that valley long before this event. Abraham used to go to Mecca every now and then to see his wife and son. 
The number of these journeys is still unknown, but authentic historical resources spoke of four ones. Allah the Sublime stated in the Noble Quran that he had Abraham see in his dream that he slaughtered his son Ishmael, and therefore Abraham stood up to fulfill his order. Quote, then when they had both submitted themselves to the will of Allah, and he had laid him prostrate on his forehead, or on the side of his forehead for slaughtering, and we called out to him, O Abraham, you have fulfilled the dream, vision. Verily, thus do we reward the muhsin, the doers of good, those who perform good deeds totally for Allah's sake only, without any show-off, or to gain praise or fame, etc., and do them according to Allah, Allah's order. Verily, that indeed was a manifest trial, and we ransomed him with a great sacrifice, i.e. a ram. Holy Quran, chapter 37, verses 103 through 107. It is mentioned in the Genesis that Ishmael was 13 years older than his brother Ishaq. The sequence of the story of the sacrifice of Ishmael shows that it really happened before Ishaq's birth, and that Allah's promise to give Abraham another son, Ishaq, came after the narration of the whole story. This story spoke of one journey at least before Ishmael became a young man. Al-Bukhari, on the authority of Ibn Abbas, reported the other three journeys, a summary of which goes as follows. When Ishmael became a young man, he learned Arabic at the hand of the tribe of Yurhum, who loved him with great admiration, and gave him one of their women as a wife, soon after his mother died. Having wanted to see his wife and son again, Abraham came to Mecca after Ishmael's marriage, but he didn't find him at home. He asked Ishmael's wife about her husband and how they were doing. She complained of poverty, so he asked her to tell Ishmael to change his doorstep. Ishmael understood the message, divorced his wife, and got married to the daughter of Mudad bin Amr, chief of the tribe of Jorhum. Once more, Abraham came to see his son, but again didn't find him at home. He asked his new wife the same previous question, to which she thanked Allah. Abraham asked her to tell Ishmael to keep the doorstep, i.e. to keep her as a wife, and went back to Palestine. A third time, Abraham came to Mecca to find Ishmael sharpening an arrow under a lofty tree near Zamzam. The meeting, after a very long journey of separation, was very touching for a father so affectionate and so dutiful and righteous a son. This time, father and son built Al-Ka'aba and raised its pillars, and Abraham, in compliance with Allah's commandment, called unto people to make pilgrimage to it. By the grace of Allah, Ishmael had twelve sons from the daughters of Mudad, whose names were Nabat, Kedar, Edbael, Mebsham, Mishmat, Duma, Misha, Hudud, Yetma, Yatur, Nafis, and Khidman, and who ultimately formed twelve tribes inhabiting Mecca and trading between Yemen, geographical Syria, and Egypt. Later on, these tribes spread all over and even outside the peninsula. All their tidings went into oblivion except for the descendants of Nabat and Khidar. The Nabataeans, son of Nabat, established a flourishing civilization in the north of Hejaz. They instituted a powerful government which spread out its domain over all neighboring tribes and made Petra their capital. Nobody dared challenge their authority until the Romans came and managed to eliminate their kingdom. After extensive research and painstaking investigation, Mr. Suleiman and Nedwi came to the conclusion that the Hassanide kings, along with the Awz and Khazraj, were not likely to be Khatameans, but rather Nabataeans. Descendants of Qadar, the son of Ishmael, lived long in Mecca, increasing in number, 
Of them issued Adnan, the son of Ma'ad, to whom Adnanian Arabs trace back their ancestry. Adnan is the 21st grandfather in the series of the prophetic ancestry. It was said that whenever Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, spoke of his ancestry, he would stop at Adnan and say, Genealogists tell lies and do not go farther than him. A group of scholars, however, favored the probability of going beyond Adnan, attaching no significance to the aforementioned prophetic hadith. They went on to say that there were exactly forty fathers between Adnan and Abraham, peace be upon him. Nizar, Ma'ad's only son, had four sons who branched out into four great tribes, Iyad, Anmar, Rabia, and Mudar. These last two sub-branched into several sects. Rabia fathered Asad, Anaza, Abdul Qais, and Wa'il's two sons, Bakr and Taghlib, Hanifa, and many others. Mudar tribes branched out into two great divisions, Qais Ailan bin Mudar and Septs of Elias bin Mudar. Of Qais Ailan were the Banu Salim, Banu Hawazin, and Banu Ghatafan, of whom descended Abd, Zubyan, Ashja' and Ghani bin Asur. Of Elias bin Mudar were Tamim bin Murra, Hudayl bin Mudrika, Banu Asad bin Khuzayma, and Septs of Kinana bin Khuzayma, of whom Quraysh, the descendants of Fahr bin Malik ibn Anadr bin Kinana. Quraysh branched out into various tribes, the most famous of whom were Jummah, Sahm, Adi, Mahzum, Tayyim, Zahra, and the three septs of Qusay bin Kilad, Abdul-Dar bin Qusay, Asad bin Abdul-Azza bin Qusay, and Abd-Manif bin Qusay. Abd-Manif branched out into four tribes, Abd-Shams, Naufal, Mutalib, and Hashim. It is, however, from the family of Hashim that Allah selected Prophet Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Abdul Mutalib bin Hashim, peace be upon him. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, Allah selected Ishmael from the sons of Abraham, Kinana from the sons of Ishmael, Quraysh from the sons of Kinana, Hashim from the sons of Quraysh, and he selected me from the sons of Hashim. Al-Abbas bin Abdul Mutalib quoted the messenger of Allah, Peace be upon him as saying, Allah created mankind and chose me from the best whereof. He chose the tribes and selected me from the best whereof. And he chose families and selected me from the best whereof. I am the very best in person and family. Having increased in number, children of Adnan in pursuit of pastures and water spread out over various parts of Arabia. The tribe of Abdul Qais, together with some septs of Bakr bin Wa'il and Tamim, emigrated to Bahrain where they dwell. Banu Hanifa bin Sa'ad bin Ali bin Bakr went to settle in Hijr, the capital of Yamana. All the tribes of Bakr bin Wa'il lived in an area of land which included Yamana, Bahrain, Saif Kazima, the seashore, the outer borders of Iraq, Abla, and Haid. Most of the tribe of Taghlib lived in the Euphrates area, while some of them lived with Bakr. Banu Tamim lived in Basra semi-desert. Banu Salim lived in the vicinity of Medina on the land stretching from Wadi al-Qura to Khaybar onwards to the eastern mountains to Harra. Zaqif dwelt in Ta'if and Hawazin east of Mecca near Altus on the road from Mecca to Basra. Banu Asad lived in the land east of Tamim and west of Kufa while family of Tay lived between Banu Asad and Tamim. They were a five-day walk far from Kufa. Zubyan inhabited the plot 
of and between Tamim and Haldan. Some septs of Kinana lived in Tihama, while septs of Quraysh dwelt in Mecca and its suburbs. Quraysh remained completely disunited until Qusay ibn Kilab managed to rally their ranks in honorable terms, attaching major prominence to their status and importance. Rulership and Princeship Among the Arabs When talking about the Arabs before Islam, we deem it necessary to draw a mini-picture of the history of rulership, princeship, sectarianism, and the religious dominations of the Arabs, so as to facilitate the understanding of emergent circumstances when Islam appeared. When the son of Islam rose, rulers of Arabia were of two kinds, crowned kings, who were in fact not independent, and heads of tribes and clans, who enjoyed the same authorities and privileges possessed by crown kings, and were mostly independent, though some of whom could have shown some kind of submission to a crowned king. The crowned kings were only those of Yemen, Hira, and Ghassan. All other rulers of Arabia were non-crowned. Rulership in Yemen The folks of Sheba were one of the oldest nations of the pure Arabs who lived in Yemen. Excavations at Or brought to light their existence 25 centuries B.C. Their civilization flourished and their domain spread 11 centuries B.C. It is possible to divide their ages according to the following estimation. 1. The centuries before 650 B.C., during which the kings were called Maqrib Sheba. Their capital was Sarwa, also known as Khriba, whose ruins lie in a spot a day's walk from the western side of Ma'arib. During this period, they started building the Dam of Ma'arib, which had great importance in the history of Yemen. Sheba was also said to have had so great a domain that they had colonies inside and outside Arabia. 2. From 650 BC until 115 BC. During this era, they gave up the name Maqrib and assumed the designation of kings of Sheba. They also made Ma'arib their capital instead of Sarwa. The ruins of Ma'arib lie at a distance of 60 miles east of Sana'a. From 115 BC until 300 AD. During this period, the tribe of Kanyar conquered the kingdom of Sheba and took Redan for its capital instead of Ma'arib. Later on, Redan was called Zifar. Its ruins still lie on Mudawar mountain, near the town of Yarim. During this period, they began to decline and fall. Their trade failed to a very great extent, firstly because of the Nabataean domain over the north of Hejaz, secondly because the Roman superiority over the naval trade routes after the Roman conquest of Egypt, Syria, and the north of Hejaz, and thirdly because of the intertribal warfare. Thanks to the three above-mentioned factors, Families of Qatan were disunited and scattered out. 4. From 300 AD until Islam dawned on Yemen. This period witnessed a lot of disorder and turmoil. The great many in civil wars rendered the people of Yemen liable to foreign subjection and hence loss of independence. During this era, the Romans conquered Aden and even helped the Abyssinians, Ethiopians, to occupy Yemen for the first time in 340 AD making use of the constant intra-tribal conflict of Hamdan and Himyar. The Abyssinian-Ethiopian occupation of Yemen lasted until 378 AD, whereafter Yemen regained its independence. Later on, cracks began to show in Ma'arib Dam, which led to the Great Flood of 450 or 50, 451 AD, mentioned in the Noble Quran. This was a great event which caused the fall of the entire Yemeni civilization and the dispersal of the nations living therein. 
In 523, Bu Nawaz, a Jew, dispatched a great campaign against the Christians of Najran in order to force them to convert into Judaism. Having refused to do so, they were thrown alive into a big ditch where a great fire had been set. The Quran referred to this event, quote, Cursed were the people of the ditch, end quote. Al-Quran, chapter 85, verse 4. This aroused great wrath among the Christians, and especially the Roman emperors, who not only instigated the Abyssinians against Arabs, but also assembled a large fleet which helped the Abyssinian army of 70,000 warriors to effect a second conquest of Yemen in 525 AD under the leadership of Ariat, who was granted rulership over Yemen, a position he held until he was assassinated by one of his army leaders, Abraha, who, after reconciliation with the king of Abyssinia, took rulership over Yemen and later on deployed his soldiers to demolish Al-Qaeda, and hence he and his soldiers came to be known as the men of the elephant. After the elephant incident, the people of Yemen, under the leadership of Ma'ad-Dikarib bin Saif Buyazin al-Himyari, and through Persian assistance, revolted against the Abyssinian invaders, restored independence, and appointed Ma'adikarib as their king. However, Ma'adikarib was assassinated by an Abyssinian he used to have around him for service and protection. The family of Yazin was thus deprived of royalty forever. Kisra, the Persian king, appointed a Persian ruler over Sanat and thus made Yemen a Persian colony. Persian rulers maintained rulership of Yemen until Bavan, the last of them, embraced Islam in 638 AD, thus terminating the Persian domain over Yemen. Rulership in Hira Ever since Quraysh the Great, 557-529 BC, united the Persians, they ruled Iraq and its neighborhood. Nobody could shake off their authority until Alexander the Great vanquished their king, Dara I, and thus subdued the Persians in 326 BC. Persian lands were thenceforth divided and ruled by kings known as the Kings of Sects, an era which lasted until 230 AD. Meanwhile, the Khatanians occupied some Iraqi territories and were later followed by some Admanians who managed to share some parts of Mesopotamia with them. The Persians, under the leadership of Ardashir, who had established the Sasanian state in 226 AD, regained enough unity and power to subdue the Arabs living in the vicinity of their kingdom and force Qubaa to leave for Syria, leaving the people of Hira and Anbar under the Persian domain. During the time of Ardashir, Juzayma al-Wadda exercised rulership over Hira, Rabia and Mudar, and Mesopotamia. Ardashir had reckoned that it was impossible for him to rule the Arabs directly and prevent them from attacking his borders unless he appointed as king one of them who enjoyed support and power of his tribe. He had also seen that he could make use of them against the Byzantine kings who always used to harass him. At the same time, the Arabs of Iraq could face the Arabs of Syria who were under the hold of Byzantine kings. However, he deemed it fit to keep a Persian battalion under command of the king of Hira to be used against those Arabs who might rebel against him. After the death of Juzayma around 268 AD, Amr bin Adi bin Nasr al-Lahmi was appointed as king by the Persian king Sabur bin Ardashir. Amr was the first of the Lahmi, Lahmi kings who ruled Hira until the Persians appointed Qabaz bin Fayruz, in whose reign appeared someone called Mazdak, who called for dissoluteness in social life. 
Habas and many of his subjects embraced Mazdak's religion and even called upon the king of Hira, Al-Munzir bin Ma, as Sana, to follow after. When the latter, because of his pride and self-respect, rejected their orders, Habas discharged him and nominated Harith bin Amr bin Hajr al-Kindi, who had accepted the Mazdaki doctrine. No sooner did Kisra Anusharwain succeed Kabaz than he, due to hatred of Mazdak's philosophy, killed Mazdak and many of his followers, restored Munzir to the throne of Hira, and gave orders to summon under arrest Harith, who sought refuge with Al-Khalid tribe, where he spent the rest of his life. Sons of Al-Munzir bin Ma'asama maintained kingship a long time until Al-Mu'man bin Al-Munzir took over. Because of a calumny borne by Zayd bin Adi al-Abadi, the Persian king got angry with An-Nu'man and summoned him to his palace. An-Nu'man went secretly to Hani bin Mas'ud, chief of Shaiban tribe, and left his wealth and family under the latter's protection, and then presented himself before the Persian king, who immediately threw him into prison where he perished. Kisra then appointed Ayaz bin Qubaysa Atai as king of Hira, Ayas was ordered to tell Hani bin Mas'ud to deliver Anu'man's charge up to Kisra. No sooner had the Persian king received the fanatically motivated rejection on the part of the Arab chief, he declared war against the tribe of Shaiban and mobilized his troops and warriors under the leadership of King Ayas to a place called Zikar, which witnessed a most furious battle wherein the Persians were severely routed by the Arabs for the first time in history. That was very soon after the birth of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, eight months after Ayas bin Qubaysa's rise to power over Hira. After Ayas, a Persian ruler was appointed over Hira, but in 632 AD, the authority there returned to the family of Lukum when al-Munzir al-Ma'rur took over. Hardly had the latter's reign lasted for eight months when Khalid ibn al-Walid, may Allah be pleased with him, fell upon him with Muslim soldiers. Rulership in Geographical Syria In the process of the tribal emigration, some septs of Qaba'a reached the borders of Syria where they settled down. They belonged to the family of Sulaik bin Halwan, of whose offspring were the sons of Dujam bin Sulaik, known as Dujaima. Such septs of Qaba'a were used by the Byzantines in the defense of Byzantine borders against both Arab Bedouin raiders and the Persians, and enjoyed autonomy for a considerable phase of time which is said to have lasted for the whole 2nd century A.D. One of their most famous kings was Ziyad bin al-Habula. Their authority, however, came to an end upon defeat by the Hassanites, who were consequently granted the proxy rulership over Arabs of Syria and Hadumat al-Jandal as their headquarters, which lasted until the Battle of Yarmouk in the year 13 A.H. Their last king, Jabala bin al-Ayhum, embraced Islam during the reign of the chief of believers, Amr ibn al-Khattab. May Allah be pleased with him. Rulership in Hijaz Ishmael, peace be upon him, administered authority over Mecca as well as custodianship of the holy sanctuary throughout his lifetime. Upon his death at the age of 137, two of his sons, Nabat and Khidar, succeeded him. Later on, their maternal grandfather, Mudad bin Amr al-Jurhumi, took over, thus transferring rulership over Mecca to the tribe of Jurhum, preserving a venerable position, though very little authority for Ishmael's sons due to their father's exploits in building the holy sanctuary, a position they held until the decline of the tribe of Jurhum shortly be before the rise of Mukhtan Nasser.
the political role of the Adnanites had begun to gain firmer grounds in Mecca, which could be clearly attested by the fact that, the, that upon Bukhta Nasr's first invasion of the Arabs in Datul Irq, the leader of the Arabs was not from Jerhum. Upon Bukhta Nasr's second invasion in 587 BC, however, the Adnanites were frightened out to Yemen, while Burmi and An-Nabi fled to Syria with Ma'id, but when Bukhta Nasr's pressure lessened, Ma'id returned to Mecca to find none of the tribe of Jorhum except Jorsham bin Jalhama, whose daughter, Mu'ana, was given to Ma'id as wife, who later had a son by him named Nizar. On account of difficult living conditions and destitution prevalent in Mecca, the tribe of Jorhum began to ill-treat visitors of the holy sanctuary and extort its funds, which aroused resentment and hatred of the Adnanites, sons of Bakr bin Abdmanaf bin Kanana, who, with the help of the tribe of Khuza'a that had come to settle in a neighboring area called Mara Zahran, invaded Jorhum and frightened them out of Mecca, leaving rulership to Khuza'a in the middle of the 2nd century AD. Upon leaving Mecca, Jorhum filled up the well of Zamzam, leveled its place, and buried a great many things in it. Amr bin al-Harith bin Mudad al-Jurhumi was reported by Ibn Ishaq, the well-known historian, to have buried the two gold deer prior to their sarf, together with a black stone, as well as a lot of jewelry and swords in Zamzam, prior to their sorrowful escape to Yemen. Ishmael's epoch is estimated to have lasted for 20 centuries B.C., which means that Jorhum stayed in Mecca for 21 centuries and held rulership there for about 20 centuries. Upon defeat of Jorhum, the tribe of Khuza'a monopolized rulership over Mecca. Mudar tribe, however, enjoyed three privileges. The first, leading pilgrims from Arafat to Nazdelika and from Mina to the Aqaba stoning pillar. This was the authority of the family of Al-Ghawf bin Murrah, one of the septs of Elias bin Mudar, who were called Sofa.